nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you are in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome back to Monday with Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And this is Leanne Meyer. Um, Today we're going to be talking uh, about telephone triage nursing, the role, the benefits, and the future. I have to imagine that triage has been around in some simplistic form since the caveman and cavewomen. Uh, Any natural disaster, mass illness, war, attack by animals, etc., that created large amounts of people in need and many fewer people available to offer aid, there would have to be a way to determine who would have priority. Obviously, since that time, the practice has grown from art to art and science and continues to improve all over the world. Fast forward to the advent of telephones and computers, and it would seem a natural extension to triage by phone. So I'm happy to welcome my guest today, Celeste Knopf. From, she's an, a nursing administrator of education and operations from Health Partners in Bloomington, and Mar- Marguerite um, Jordan Amberg and Renee Walsh, also from Health Partners, in their telephone triage department, the Care Line. So um, thank you all for coming. And maybe, Celeste, could you give us just a, a little short bio f- to help the listeners get a, a, a tune to your voice? Sure. Um, well, again, my, my name is Celeste. I've been a nurse for over 30 years. And in that time, I've done everything from pediatrics to geriatrics. So I have um, a, a, a strong background in many different types of nursing. And that has helped to, I think, help bring me to, to the triage nursing that, I've, that I'm familiar with. Okay. Uh, thanks very much. And um, Marguerite, can I call you Gree? Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. And could you also tell us a little bit about how you got to be here? Sure. Um, so I, so my name is Gree, and um, this is about, I was trying to think of what year of nursing this is for me. I think it's 17, 18. Um, so I came to telephone triage nursing by way of um being a critical nurse, first critical care nurse for for a long period of time, and then um, having an injury, which necessitated my need to move to a different area. Um, but I've really come to love telephone triage nursing. I've done that in some form or another, kind of off and on for the past twelve years or so, um, and am now in an education and quality role here at Health Partners. Okay, and Renee Walsh, I'm also welcome, glad to welcome you here too. So could you tell us a little bit about how you came to be in this department? Sure. Um, My name is Renee. Um, I've been in nursing for about 20 years, um, first as a nursing assistant and then LPN and now as an RN. And I came into telephone triage really um, as more time to spend with my family and flexibility um, and kind of changing my nursing role. Okay. 
And I'm always interested in history. So I understand, Gree, are you going to tell us a little bit about the history of triage nursing? I am. I am. And it's interesting that you mentioned right at the beginning of the program about sort of mass casualty and war events. So when I looked back at the history of triage in general, original sort of triage concepts developed in the 17 and 1800s. And those were used mostly during times of war and mass casualty events, those kinds of things. And then now triage is done lots of different ways. You know, we can do it pre-hospital or over the phone. We can do it with first responders on a scene or the emergency department or in the hospital. But phone triage, as we think about it now, really emerged in the 1960s and 70s, both as there were changes in healthcare and also changes in the usage of the phone. Um, And now um, it encompasses really lots of different things, assessment, education, um, advocacy, connecting patients with resources, and about 45% of calls now that we get for telephone triage um, have to do with symptoms, and that's where the type of triage that we do here at the Health Partners Caroline really comes in um, to assess those patients and either treat them over the phone or get them to the right level of care in the right time frame. Great. Celeste, where would you like to go from here with this? What what would you like to tell us uh, uh, in addition to this? Well, one thing that we had discussed earlier was that there's a lot of uncertainty or um, ambiguity about what is telephone triage nursing. So we wanted to help clarify that right at the beginning. So we all had a a framework that we were talking about that was the same. And so we're going to talk probably several times we might refer to the AAACN, which is the American Academy of Ambulatory Care Nursing who uh, is an overseer and uh, in terms of scope of practice for telephone triage. So I wanted to give their definition of telephone triage. And if I could just actually uh, read it very briefly, it they define uh, telephone triage as an interactive process between a nurse and a client that occurs over the telephone and involves identifying the nature and urgency of client health care needs and determining the appropriate disposition. There's a lot of components in there. We can break them apart a little bit. Um, it also focuses on assessment prioritization and referral. Okay. So um, hopefully that will help us get on an even playing field for what we're talking about here. Okay. And it's just as uh, is important, I believe, to, to identify what it is not. Mm-hmm. So what telephone triage is not is and maybe Renee or Gree can help us out with one of those areas. Yeah, I mean, I think, and this is Gree, I think, um, especially being in an education role, we see a lot of those misconceptions with nurses mm-hmm. coming in, thinking that um, telephone triage number one is going to be very easy to learn, <laughs> <laughs> um, that it's not going to be a lot of hard work. Um, they some people think it's oh well maybe it's it's boring. It's just taking messages for doctors. Um, you know, it's it's just asking doctors questions. You're really not able to practice uh, with autonomy, and that's really not true. It's a very exciting specialty with with lots of different components and a lot of critical thinking required. Okay. Uh, Renee, can you uh, share any kind of um, anecdotes or experiences maybe about your own experience with being a telephone triage nurse? Yeah, so um, with telephone triage, it's it's definitely not what I thought it would be. Um, we use protocols and we use a lot of tools to help 
patients get to the right level of care, help them find care, or even help them um, on their own with home care if, it, if it's safe for them to uh, care for themselves at home, which is really what a lot of patients are looking for. We're easily accessible over the phone, and they really are not sure what direction to go to and what level of care is right for them. Okay. So uh, when you started doing telephone triage, um, uh, how did your thinking change about it? Um, It was much more difficult than I thought it would be. Uh, I I would not say, I would say about the first year that I worked in telephone triage, it was very difficult, um, much more so than anything else that I had done because it can be anything. Anything can be on the line and you don't know what the next call will be about and in what way you'll need to respond. So it's much more difficult than any role that I've ever taken on in nursing. Some ways it might be like an a, a emergency dispatcher or, or if you're calling 911 or mm-hmm. an emergency call center that they never know what's going to come in either and how they're going to direct. I was also thinking of um, it being something like um, uh, I worked in OB and I always felt like I had one patient I could see and one patient I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Is it anything like that? Anybody want to address that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's definitely trickier over the phone. You don't, you you know, as a nurse, you really learn to rely on your eyes. I think especially part of your assessment skills are really what you're seeing and experiencing when you're in the room with the patient and you don't have that opportunity when you're on the phone with someone. So you really have to sort of substitute for your eyes by um, using your decision support tools like Renee talked about, you know, tools that can help guide you in the right direction or help you ask questions um, that will help narrow things down. And also, you're relying on your critical thinking to really um, make sure that you're picking up on what the patient's saying, how the patient's saying it, things the patient isn't saying. Um, I think all of those things are important. Um, Renee, you had an an experience that you shared uh, a little bit earlier when we were talking earlier uh, about the patient that called in and had been seeking care and um, wasn't uh, needed just something more and the triage nurse was able to hear that something else. Yes, um, I I spoke to a gentleman over the phone who, who was a complex patient and was seeing different providers and really what it had come down to is he was having a lot of different things taken care of, but the the real reason and some of the things that were going on were not being addressed because, you know, he had other things and other symptoms going on. And he was actually quite ill and um, needed to go to the hospital. But over the phone, I, I think just being able to take time listening to what the whole picture is and what the patient is saying is is so beneficial um, versus mm-hmm. coming in for a specific complaint, getting that addressed, and going home with mm-hmm. without the whole um, picture being addressed. I think you had mentioned that he was short of breath. That was his initial thing that mm-hmm. he was trying to get help with, and uh, in coming into the clinic that day, he'd actually fallen, so he had a, a gash in his skull, which mm-hmm. was obviously the most emergent thing they were looking at and so patched him up and sent him home and then he realized I'm still short of breath yes so that was about the time that you were talking to him and then what happened 
Yeah, so w- when I was speaking with him, um, because that was the most emergent thing going on at that time, um, I-, I was really just trying to find out what's happening. Why Why is he calling? He, he had just... You know, he was just seen, and what, what's happening now? And it really was that, you know, he was still feeling short of breath, and, and that really, you know, because he had had more emergent things going on, that's what was looked at in the clinic. Um, Gree, I think you had a kind of similar experience that, you mm-hmm. know, where you have to differentiate between, uh, you know, somebody's telling you a story, but what of that story is most important? Right. We had one of our nurses, this is not my story, but it's one of our nurses um, who had a patient calling in after a dental procedure um, and so uh, and was having dental pain. So, of course, immediately you think, well, of course they're having dental pain. They just had a procedure. It's probably related to that. But through the course of um, of questioning the patient and also using these, these decision support tools that helped with lot different lines of questioning, realized that the patient had additional symptoms like sweating, shortness of breath, other symptoms. Um, and that led the nurse to direct the patient to call 911. And indeed, the patient was having a heart attack, oh, in wow. fact, not, um, not having pain from the yeah. dental but procedure. Probably right. one of the symptoms right. might be jaw pain. And so right. because he had just been to the dentist, he assumed that was what right. was going on. Um, Celeste, maybe we could talk a little bit more. It seems to me that the telephone triage has become an integral part of the healthcare system, at least in the United States. Yes. Um, why is that? Why? What What about it is, makes it so uh, important? Well, I think it's been around long enough that some of the benefits and value of telephone triage have become very apparent. Um, those would be things like improving um, patient access, which is very, you know, a, a buzzword here, mm-hmm. um, not only for our organization, but a, a, around the country, making sure patients are able to get in um, to where, where they need um, and to make sure that they're going to the appropriate level of care. Um, it also it can improve quality. It's it, it's very easy, as Renee had talked about, to to be able to call in, get some information. You know, any we're twenty four seven, so the patients like that. It really improves their experience, and and they're talking to a nurse, and so the, it improves quality. And then there's also we have been able to. Um, analytically uh, quantify the uh, cost savings, not only for the organization, having people not go to the emergency department, for example, unnecessarily, but also a cost savings for a patient. They also don't want to pay for that emergency room visit if they don't need it. And um, so for those uh, those main reasons, um, it's just very clear that not only has is telephone triage important now, but the, the growth and the importance going into the future is just mm-hmm. exponential. I, I can't even imagine where it would end. I, I see m- much more uh, more happening, which opens up opportunities for nurses in this field. Right. Um, I was thinking about it even from my background with obstetrics where uh, patients are going home with a newborn and they maybe have very little or no experience with a yes. newborn. And so it's 3 a.m. and the baby is screaming at the top of its lungs. And they have no idea, what do I do now? This isn't in any of the manuals that, you know, I was uh, looking at uh, prior to the baby's birth or even what I experienced when he was in the hospital. So um, being able to call somebody and be able to get, you know, is this normal? Is this not normal? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, is this something I need to be worried about? 
um, I think would be a great advantage. Um, I was also thinking of, I do have a, I have a friend or several friends actually that don't have transportation, live in the center of the city. And so for them to get on a bus and go, you know, not knowing, you know, I'm, I'm having pain in my back. So is it something to do with my back? Do I need to see somebody for a back problem? Um, You know, so they just don't have the option to be able to be running around the city going from one clinic to another. So is that something where you might be able to help them narrow down uh, where would be their best option to start? Certainly. I think that's something we do a lot. I mean, um, while a lot of what we do is nursing care and nursing assessment and care advice, we also do the troubleshooting of transportation. I mean, part of when you give a disposition or a plan of care to a patient, you have to make sure they're able to execute it. And so you have to have those conversations. Do you have access to transportation? Do you have somebody that can drive you? Where are you? And you have to think about the problem that they're having too. Is it the type of problem where you want them to go to their closest local hospital or is it something that um, you know when we think of pediatrics for example that we want somebody going to a place where they might get be able to get more specialty care so we're up against a break here so let's uh, take a little break and uh, and then we can be right back so if you're just joining us now this is once a nurse always a nurse exploring the world of nursing and I am Leanne Meyer I'm here today we're talking about Telephone triage nursing, the role, the benefits, and the future. I'm here with Celeste Knopf and uh, Marguerite Jordan Amberg and Renee Walsh. And they're all with Health Partners in um, Bloomington, Minnesota. So we will be back in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness. 
movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer again, and we're uh, here with Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. Today, we're talking about telephone triage nursing, the role, the benefits, and the future. And I'm here with Celeste Knopf, Marguerite Jordan Amberg, and Renee Walsh. So we've been talking about um, some of the history and uh, some of the aspects of this type of nursing. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the scope of practice and what uh, actually that telephone triage nurse can do from her um, computer console. So, Celeste, do you want to tell us about scope of practice? Sure. Um, I was just going to start out with, so um, in the in the United States, every state has their own board of nursing, So, and those vary quite a bit. So I just wanted to be sure to direct everyone for the Nurse Practice Act within their own state um, to define exactly the rules and regulations for uh, telephone triage within their own state. Uh, so that being said, though, this is at least in Minnesota, and I believe most places, uh, a registered nurse scope of practice. So that would be an RN. And um, the reason for that is because we've already talked about in the phone calls, we do a comprehensive assessment over the phone, but it's still an assessment. And then we um, develop a plan and a disposition for those patients based on that assessment. So the, the, the comprehensive assessment is the scope of practice that an RN can do. And so that's probably just really important to call that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but the way that that is done or the, the location that that is done, even in our own organization of health partners here, is done uh, in a couple different ways. This, the process is essentially the same, but the times and the availability and a few of the workflows um, vary by location. So I'll let these guys talk about how there's the different telephone triage locations and components here in health partners. Okay. Who'd like to go first? Well, um, I think this here... Is this is Gree. This is yep. So I think, and I'll have Renee sort of also give some detail here. Um, for both Renee and I, right now we work at our health partners, Caroline, which is a 24-7 nurse triage line. Um, and we take lots of different calls, not only from um, patients who are seen within our health partners organization, but really um, anyone who has health partners insurance, as well as a number of people, a number of other organizations we partner with. Um, as well as really anybody who sort of ends up having our number. And I'll let Renee talk a little bit about what that looks like in practice. 
Uh, Renee, also, could you describe what, well, you're, you're often doing it from home. Is that right, working from home or not on this topic? I, yes, I do. I do actually work from home. So I, I have us, I have my an office and set up at home. So I actually do telephone triage from my home um, most of the time when I'm working. Um, but for our organization specifically, we do talk to anybody. So it, whether you have insurance or not, um, whether you see another clinic system, we, we triage and talk to anybody. So we will go through and assess, come up with a plan, um, whether that's, you know, calling your primary care clinic or, you know, following another plan of care. We, we do speak to everybody and we, we triage everybody's system, whether you're health partners or not. Okay. And uh, maybe, Green, you could describe what does it look like in the area where the nurses are working? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oftentimes when somebody calls in, they think you're, you know, sitting right next to a doctor and um, really maybe don't have a good idea of what it is that you have at at your fingertips. Right, right. So for um, for the Health Partners Care Line, um, for our nurse triage sister, sister, our nurse triage center, it's really just nurses, essentially. Um, and so it used to be that we all kind of sat in um, kind of an office-type setting where we had basically phones and headsets and computers that we worked at. Um, but now we do have a large component of our nurses who are working from home, and so they basically do that same type of work from a home environment. There's always a nurse lead, so kind of like a charge nurse mm-hmm. who kind of oversees everything during the different shifts and make sure makes sure everything is running smoothly, troubleshoots technology, um, you know, just does staffing considerations, those kinds of things. Um, but we don't actually have any doctors with us. We do have access to um, doctors within the health partner system and also within some of our partner systems. So we may have access to certain doctors on call, but again, it depends on who's calling and what care system they they are in what they get care from and then yeah so if somebody called you and had a question that you didn't have the answer to or that you needed to do get more information on what would happen then well I think in most cases we use these decision support tools which help guide us to the right um, sort of inform our decision making help guide us to the right resources in most cases we also do have a number of um, we have what's called an undernet so we have a lot of online resources for our nurses where they can access lots of different information Um, and then again they have that nursing lead if they have additional questions any other resources you can think of Renee Mm -hmm. other than the on-call providers we will absolutely consult Um, on-call providers when the clinics are not open. um, They're a great resource and very helpful, especially for specialty care. A lot of those patients don't fit necessarily within a specific protocol or um, so we we utilize the on-call providers for those types of decisions. Okay, so it might be that you would have to call somebody back um, especially mm-hmm. if it wasn't mm-hmm. an imminent danger thing that you would need to look into the information a little bit more and get back to them more yes. specifically. Absolutely. Okay. And I, I just Celeste. wanted to, yeah, this is Celeste, I'm sorry. 
I just wanted to say, too, that outside the call center, which is 24-7, 365, it never closes. Uh, and we have two generators just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. So um, um, we're, it's definitely available. But they're also triage is also done in the ambulatory care settings and the clinic settings. So mm-hmm. for the patient that calls their own clinic when the clinic is open, those nurses do triage also. They use the same uh, decision support tools that we use. Um, some of their workflow is a little bit different because the doctor, although is not standing right behind them, maybe they're available for a quick um, uh, chat or there's even just verb, uh, communication through the computer the same way we do here. So the telephone triage does not have to be in um, a call center. It, there's many different venues for that. Mm-hmm. And he, even in our organization, we do it different ways. So. One of the things I wonder about is, you know, we think about computers and sometimes they talk about uh, artificial intelligence and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you see um, a computer or a robot being able to do what you do at some point in the future? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) And and we all are not, are shaking our heads, no. Telephone triage, we use support tools. We have resources, the undernet that Gree talked about. We have a lot of things. We have the providers. But this is a, uh, a nursing skill. It requires critical thinking nursing skills to come up with that informed decision. And we're pulling in from a lot of different places um, the nuance of the patient's voice, maybe some background things that we may be hearing that they're talking about on the phone. Those are things that a computer is not or ever going to be able to really capture. Mm-hmm. So there's that's what I talked about, kind of that comprehensive intake and comprehensive assessment that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. That is a nursing skill and it will never be able to be, in my opinion, replicated by a computer. And I think the other and I think the other piece that a computer can't replicate is really the care and compassion that yes. we give. I mean, that certainly cannot be uh, replicated by a computer. And, and so much of what we do is are really those soft skills, that empathy, the, um, the voice on the other end of the phone when a patient doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Or maybe even need someone to listen, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. feel like they haven't been really heard and just to have somebody that can really listen to them and then say, you know, this is not something as worrisome as you might think it is right now, or yes, you're, you're right, you need to pursue this. Right. I actually, actually, it's interesting that you said that because I listened to a call with a nurse um, a couple days ago. She asked me to, to kind of delve into it a little bit more, and it was really a patient that um, rather than having any sort of acute concerns, was having ongoing chronic mental health concerns and really it was the middle of the night and needed someone to talk to and really felt alone. And granted, we didn't end up doing anything earth shattering during that call, but just the fact that we were there for that Mm -hmm. patient to reach out to, I think is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important when we're coordinating care, you know, so many patients, you're sick and, you know, when you're talking about your discharge instructions or what your next steps are, and that information is missed. They, they don't feel well. They're not at home. So we really help, you know, try to coordinate those types of things and help patients get to where they need to be and what they should be doing. You know, I think about when I'm working with a patient and I can see them, 
um, and doing an assessment with them, and I can determine whether you know they I've lost them. They're mm-hmm. they're not feeling well. They're having a fever. They're hearing little of what I'm saying. They may be even like zoning out a little bit. Um, if you're able to pick things like that up on the phone, can you ask to talk to someone else, a caregiver? Or how do you handle that? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we talked to... This is Renee. This is Renee. Yeah, I think we talked to a lot of, you know, sometimes the patient may not be the ones that are following out the plan of care. So we talked to a lot of parents. Um, of course, we talked to a lot of, you know, children caring for their you know, uh, adult parents and things like that. Um, if the patient is having a hard time and, you know, they request that somebody else is managing their care, we always like to talk to them um, directly to find out what's going on first. But of course, we want to get everybody involved that the patient would like for us to get involved with their care so that, you know, we want them to mm-hmm. follow the plan and have good outcomes just as much as they do. Sure. Go ahead, Gree. Um, so this is Gree, and I think another another tool that we use sometimes even beyond talking to other people in the family is we also use interpreter services as well. We have a, a large population of patients who are non-English speaking, so that's another tool we have at our disposal that, again, is, is I think even just five, ten years ago, we really didn't have access to interpreters real time. You had to plan for it and make a time and you couldn't just call them on the phone and have them readily available. And so that's another way I think technology has changed the way we practice in mm-hmm. telephone triage because we can just go ahead and take those calls mm-hmm. and get people timely information. That's another one where I think a lot of people don't necessarily know how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's essentially a, a company that we call the company who has on-call any number of right. types of languages. I that, believe there's over 80. Well, I was going to mm-hmm. say it's a huge number mm-hmm. of languages. And so, as I understand it, when that call goes out for, say, Somali or Hmong or something like that, whoever is free that speaks that language then picks that mm-hmm. call up and, mm-hmm. and uh, starts to translate. And they have been trained in medical language also, which is, I think, you know, back in the days when uh, we would have Hmong Patients come in to deliver, and the 10-year-old son would come in to translate it. I'm like, what is he actually telling his mother about perineal care? You know, mm-hmm. like, right? <laughs> not, not quite sure what's going across there, but right. We're coming up against a break, um, but I was thinking that what we can, uh, in fact, maybe we'll take a break early here, and then when we come back, what I'd like to talk about is the changes that are coming in healthcare and how mm-hmm. does this particular um, uh, area of nursing fit in with it, mm-hmm. um, and then also uh, some of the flexibility that is built into this type of nursing, uh, especially for people who have not been able, like you were saying, if you're injured, um, and that typical bedside nursing may not be an option for you anymore. What do I do with that wealth of knowledge I have that um, could be helpful for others? So this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. Today we're talking about telephone triage nursing, the role, the benefits, and the future. I'm here today with Celeste Knopf and uh, Marguerite Jordan-Amberg and Renee Walsh. Uh, We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We would love to have you call in uh, if you have any experience with this type of nursing. Uh, And again, that number is 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a couple minutes.
your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and um, I'm here today. We're talking about telephone triage nursing, uh, the role, the benefits, and the future. Um, I'm here with Celeste Knopf, uh, Marguerite Jordan-Amberg, and Renee Walsh, all of them from Health Partners in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, I would like to... um, uh, talk we were I, I'm going to turn it over to Celeste and you wanted to go forward on my little brain lost it already scared. thank you well um, we we talked a little bit about this before about cost and the importance of cost um, both to the patient 
and to the organization. And so in the United States, the reimbursement framework is transitioning to a value-based care as opposed to a fee-for-service care. And I'm not going to get into all the details about that, except to say that the more uh, the more efficient we are with our resources, the better the cost ramifications for everyone. So that's a uh, telephone triage has a real role in that in terms of what we've already talked about, identifying where the patient truly needs to be seen and, and referring them to that and minimizing, like you talked about, going driving to all different kinds of places that may or may not be important. And um, and the, the patients themselves ask us a lot about, okay, you t- you're telling me to go to this place. Um, is there, uh, that is that going to be too expensive for me? Is there anything else I can do? Maybe is it appropriate to go to an urgent care center instead of an emergency department? Things like that. We can't get into specifics about cost with any patient because their own plan is is very specific. So we don't go into details like that. But we can help on a big picture, help them identify, is it possible that this setting, which is more feasible for them, financially feasible, may also be safe. So it's it's very complicated, but we do play a role in helping um, those patients decide um, where is the best care for and the most cost-effective care for mm-hmm. them. And closest to them. Or, and, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and most likely going to be able to get at the heart of their problem as quickly as possible. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Gree, what would you, where did you want to take it from there? Well, I think we just wanted to make sure we also touched upon the benefits of this role, I think, for nurses. And I'd love it if actually Renee would start with that because okay. I think she's actively, you know, in the role right now. And so she can speak more to the benefits of being in this type of role. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that there's a lot of benefits to doing this type of work. Um, It's a little more easily accessible. Um, You're using a lot of your skills. You know, you're not just focusing on one area of care. You're doing so many different things and really um, helping patients get to where they need to be and, you know, how we can best facilitate that. So I think there's a lot of personal things as well. It's, you know, I have the opportunity to work from home and a lot of nurses don't have that. So it's much easier for, you know, picking up a couple of hours or helping out when it's busy or if it's not very busy, not, you know, having to, you know, work as many hours or help out for as many hours. So there's a lot of benefits to uh, telephone triage and personally and professionally. Yeah. Great. And I think as an educator, you know, my background is a lot of nursing education as well as nursing practice. And as an educator, I find it really exciting that I continuously have to educate the nurses as well. I mean, there's just, we constantly have changes in workflows mm-hmm. and we constantly have new information coming out about, you know, if, if it's flu season or now it's summertime and maybe we have something else going on and Um, You know, there's different sort of seasonal variations in the calls that you take. And there's always the opportunity to really provide nurses with um, really cutting edge education. We're in the midst actually right now here at the Caroline of doing our fall education days, which is really a full day of education on 
lots of different topics so that um, the nurses can really feel comfortable with what's going on in healthcare right now. So they don't have to do exciting. all the research. Right, You're exactly. bringing it to them in a nutshell. Right. That's one of the things I was thinking about because you, Renee, you had mentioned that you don't know what the next call is going to be. Mm-hmm. So even if you have phenomenal experience in critical care or the emergency room or, yes. you know, any number of other places, it might be that call is not your expertise area. Mm-hmm. So how you are able to stay up on general knowledge about different areas of nursing and um, medical care. Is that kind of what your job is then, Grace? Basically, yep. My, my job is really to make sure that our orientation process is really robust. So that's important. I think people come into telephone triage and they think, oh, maybe it'll be an easy transition. But we have a very lengthy orientation and we have a very robust orientation. We cover a lot of different topics. And then the support piece, you know, we have the online resources that we need to continuously update as well as having these other educational topics. Um, and we utilize our nurses too as preceptors and um, and really content experts to help also flesh out that type of education mm-hmm. when we're orienting new people too. How about uh, teaching each other? Mm-hmm. You know, either you're, you're kind of in a big room. Are there times when you're listening to other people who are talking about another area or perhaps, you know, if I have an OB background and you have critical mm-hmm. care that maybe you would be asking me about obstetrics and vice versa. Is that something that is um, something that can happen? I think we'd like to do more of that. This is Gree talking. I mean, I think inherently the trouble with everybody being on the phone is that everybody's on the phone all the time. So (laughs) sometimes you don't get as much opportunity to talk with your colleagues. And I think especially it's a challenge now that we have more people working from home. Um, But I know when I was on the phones, because I started out um, as a triage nurse at the Caroline, I was always sort of interested in hearing what people next to me were saying or doing or... um, reaching out and kind of talking about a difficult call. And we do do some of that with our quality process of being able to listen to calls sure, and learn go back from and them. Listen to mm-hmm. it. Um, one of the areas that I'm very interested in is with uh, the whole concept of what's going to happen with med- with healthcare in the future. Mm-hmm. It's so up in the air and there's so many long-term plans that need to be made. So not knowing specifically what's going to happen or how whatever you're doing is going to be playing into that. How do you handle that? That that not knowing. Hmm. I mean, I think for me, I tend to be a researcher. That's just my nature. I like the science of nursing. I, I care very much for the caring and the compassion part of it, but I also think part of the reason I'm drawn to education is because I always do want to be continuously learning and thinking about what's going on from a policy perspective, both in the state um, and also nationally. I think those things impact the way we practice. So I think that's important and disseminating that information to my nurses. Okay. So you actually uh, create time for yourself to do that that searching and and find out what best practices are or Mm -hmm. what's working for somebody else in the same kinds of situation. Do you see telephone triage nursing as a part of the future? Mm, Definitely. And if so, how? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think with the costs of things changing, just having, because we're easily accessible on the phone and we can we can help so many people uh, not just in one small area I definitely think that there's 
a big opportunity for triage nursing or telephone nursing triage to be um, a big part of the future just because of access issues. Another thing that I think about is people like myself that are aging out where retirement is looming close Mm -hmm. and all of this valuable information that uh, is going to be lost. Mm -hmm. And especially in a time when we're going to need more healthcare workers, Mm -hmm. um, this seems like something that could be a possibility for certain nurses that uh, are able to communicate well on the phone and, Mm -hmm. and hear, listen well on the phone and yeah, especially if they're comfortable Celeste. with some of the technology. This is Celeste, with some of the technology, mm-hmm. and um, then they can bring because it, it's a melding of both of those: sure. the knowledge, the nursing knowledge, um, of, based on years of experience, and the new technology that they do have to mm-hmm. be familiar with, or at sure. least able to learn in this field, right. mm-hmm. and um, could choose their hours so that it wouldn't necessarily be a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, uh, Renee, where you can uh, choose to pick up hours, you know, at certain hours that work for you or uh, on call of busy time or something like that. That could be an advantage for um, this type of nurse. Um, we're kind of coming toward the end here. And I'd really like uh, to hear something from each of you about if there's one thing that you want to get out to nurses in our country, but also in the world, uh, what would that be about telephone triage nursing? Celeste, do you want to start? Well, I just want to give people some resources if they want to delve into that a little bit more on their own. There's a couple uh, great resources I'd like to share. Uh, kind of the the queen of of telephone triage is Carol Rutenberg, and she wrote uh, a book called The Art and Science of Telephone Triage. That's available readily on Amazon and many other types of places, so I would certainly use that as kind of a good resource, basic core resource for telephone triage. Then on the uh, website would be uh, the telephone triage website of www.telephone-triage.com. That's also based on uh, Carol Rutenberg's um, work, some of the work there. Then a completely independent resource would be Again, the AAACN that I already referred to. Which, say, what, say what that is. Again, which is the American Academy of Ambulatory Care Nursing. That would be uh, www.aaacn.org, uh, which has a wealth of resources for members and non-members alike. Those would be good starting points for people that wanted to look a little bit more into that, okay. to developing a program if they don't already have one. What about shadowing? If somebody just you know, has no idea that they could see themselves in this kind of a situation. Is that an option? It is in some cases, um, you know, because we do talk to patients on the phone, there's also okay. the concern for HIPAA. Sure. So oftentimes we do shadowing within, if we have somebody from the organization who's interested in okay. um, in joining the care line. But um, I think my message to nurses would just be to consider this type of nursing as something that can be exciting and um, and really help care for patients and also to sort of just learn more about it because I think there's a, also a wealth of possibilities of things we can do with this mm-hmm. type of nursing in the future. Yeah. Renee? Yeah, I think one of I, I guess the biggest thing that I would come out of this is that we still can 
facilitate nursing care over the phone with with compassion and caring for patients and that we can we can help patients and we can help get them to the right level of care and also even help save lives over the phone for for patients that you know really don't know what direction to go and need that permission and that that help that yes you do need to call 911 yes you do need to go to the emergency room and that that's really sometimes all, all they need is that reassurance mm-hmm. absolutely was there something you wanted to add Grace? no we were just emphasizing we were underlining save lives okay. here <laughs> all right so that's an important i actually for all was of thinking us. about that because mm-hmm. my mother has had some situations in the last while that um, you know, she knows it's serious, but she doesn't know how serious, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to call somebody, especially at three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the tendency, she's 91, is to get very anxious. And um, so, you know, to try to, you know, ferret out, is this something I need to be anxious about? Or is this something that can wait till morning? Um, those kinds of things can be really, really helpful. Um, one of the things that when I think about telephone triage nursing that I think would be really, really exciting is for people who like a puzzle. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like Renee, you were saying, you never know what that next call is that's going to be coming in. Um, to be able to be listening over the phone and hearing bits and pieces that are important, that maybe, you know, you're getting um, a wealth of information from that person. Maybe it's about the dental appointment and, you know, I'm sweating and, you know, it's like being able to filter through all of that noise and figure out what exactly is the most important. And a lot of nurses are very good at doing that mm-hmm. kind of yes, thing, that absolutely. critical thinking. Yes. So I think that that would be um, just a really wonderful aspect of this type of nursing. We have, again, come to the end of our show. And I just want to thank all of my guests. Thank you so much for coming and being here. Uh, I appreciate that and uh, for all the information you've been able to impart. So this has been Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. I thank all of our our listeners also for uh, listening in and for all of your uh, input that you've given me about what you'd like to hear. Please send more of that information to me and also what you have enjoyed hearing. So thank you so much, and we will talk next Monday. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.